0: Thank you for the motel. Thank you for the meals. Thank you for, uh, Tracy uh, drove me from the airport to here. He's taking me back. The pastor offered to drive me uh, Tuesday morning, but I just didn't feel led of God uh, to allow him to do it. And, uh, and by the way, I love his spirit. He's got a great spirit, and you ought to thank God for that, too. And, but Tracy's going to be taking me back uh, tomorrow. He, he drove the speed limit. I was proud of him. And uh, did, we didn't get a ticket. My wife has been driving all these years. She's 76 years of age. She has never had a ticket, never had an accident, never had a parking ticket. I hate her. <laughs> it's just not right. And me, when I, I, when I drive, buddy, i got to get there. i got to get there. And I'm under grace, not the law anyway. Uh, but uh, thank you, Tracy, for that. Thank you for the motel. Thank you for the bottled water, the Bud Light. Uh, <laughs> you're not going to laugh, are you? I said that a couple years ago, and a lady said out loud, Hey, this is my kind of church right here, boy. <laughs> Take your Bibles, if you will, and turn to... Oh, i gotta, I got to tell you about that. If you want to get information on the college, go by the table over there and leave your name or the name of the young person that you're thinking of. Leave it there, and we will get in touch with you. And so please, please do that. Also, the, the Lifeline paper, there's, this is a brand new pu- Christian publication. Go by the table over there and sign up for it. It's absolutely free. There are over 7,000 who receive this thing now, and it is loaded with great thoughts, uh, and it, it covers the gamut. And this will really be a blessing, so go by and do that. Also, my latest book, this is my 36th book that I've written, entitled The Lost Commandment. We are not honoring like we should. It's about not honor. That's the lost commandment: honor. We're not honoring our parents. We're not honoring those who've paid the price. I thank God for President Trump. I, I, I like the. Uh, uh, I can say I'm leaving tomorrow, and I don't care what you say. Uh, but uh, I thank God for his patriotism. I, somebody said, "Well, he's not a very good Christian." I said, "Well, neither are you." But. Uh, when he got voted in as president, he wasn't voted in as a pastor. He was voted in as president. But I, I like the patriotism. I love it. Now, they're tearing down statues now because they say, well, so-and-so, is Thomas Jefferson's flawed. We've got to tear a statue down. That's just craziest stuff uh, I, I've ever heard of. And the people tearing it down are worse off <laughs> than, than Thomas and Jefferson was. Go by the table. Get this for a young person. Think of, uh, maybe you've got grandchildren or children. Buy this book for the young people and give it to them. Give an opportunity to read it. I think it'll be a blessing to you. Okay, here's, my wife gave this to me. She asked me today, she said, what are you? What kind of joke you got for tonight? And I, I, I told her some, some, something I had. She said, that's not good. And she said, that's not good. And she said, that's not good. I said, well, th- what, what do you want me to do? Because <laughs> she runs the house. Uh, but here's how you know you're growing old. This is one she chose. You want to know how you know you're, you're growing old? Everything hurts and what doesn't hurt doesn't work. That's how you know. You look forward to a dull evening. That's it. You sit in a rocking chair and can't get it going. <laughs> your knees buckle but your belt won't. <laughs> Let's see here. Oh, you know all the answers but nobody asks you the questions. Uh, you sink your teeth into a steak and they stay there. That's my favorite one. But uh, get your Bibles and turn to Mark 16 and verse 15, if you will. And then I want you to go to John chapter 15. Brother Land, where are you at? Brother Land? Where's Brother Land? Brother Land, come on down here. I'm going to use you tonight. Hurry, the Lord's coming. Uh, I want you to take a seat there in that chair, if you would. Let's go to Mark chapter 16 and verse 15. And uh, then I want you to go to John chapter fifteen and hold your place there. But we're going to read Mark sixteen and verse 15 first. Okay, you got that? Where's the youth director at? Where's he at? Uh, Brother Land, I'm going to give you. You go ahead and have a seat down there. I'm going to bring the youth director up here. I saw him back there laughing, and uh, yeah, he was. You saw it too, didn't you, Brother Land? So. Uh, <laughs> Hurry, on the on the lay, on the lay. All right, have a seat. Now, uh, Mark 16, 15. Let's stand and stretch just for a moment here. Mark 16 and verse 15. The Scripture says, And He said unto them, Go. Now, I want you to underline that word. He said unto them, Go, ye unto all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. Now, He said, Go. He did not say, Y'all come. They weren't beating the doors down to get in here Sunday morning. They weren't beating the doors to get in here here on Sunday night. And they didn't beat the doors down to get in here tonight. And that's why God said, I want you who are saved to get off of your blessed assurance, and I want you to go where they are and tell them how to be saved. You see, they are in darkness, you have the light. They are blind, you have sight. And tonight, we who are saved have got to go find them. And by the way, with this COVID thing hitting like it and They're scared. They don't know what in the world is going on, but you have the answer. So what did he say? And he said to them, Go. Now, and then he said to preach the gospel. What's the gospel? 1 Corinthians chapter 15 said, is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Help me. It is the death, burial, and resurrection. Oh, you do better than that. It is the death, burial, and resurrection. That is the gospel. That's what you're supposed to tell them. You're not supposed to tell them, quit your smoking, cussing, chew and chewing, running around. No, tell them about Jesus. He, he, he'll clean them up. You've got to get them saved first. Now, I want to talk to you tonight on the path to successful personal sowing. Turn to John chapter 15, if you will, and find your spot there. John chapter 15. Hold your place. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to go ahead and get started. Father, thank You for this church. Thank You for the gospel that's been sent out from this church year after year after year. And what a great responsibility with all these people in this area. God, help us. Talk to us tonight. Help us to see clearly the pattern in the Scripture. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. Have a seat there. There you go. That's a nice-looking tie. If you loved me, you'd give it to me. For your birthday. For my birthday, yeah. You remember, didn't you? What was my birthday? 20 no, 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 no. 20. you don't. You you weren't listening this morning. December 18th. Y'all write that down. That's my birthday. And 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 this time put money in that card, would you, when you said it? December the 18th. Go to John chapter 15, verse 1. I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me, that now, I want you to underline this. Statement here, beareth not fruit, underline that, beareth not fruit. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that, and I'll underline this, beareth fruit. So you should have underlined, beareth not fruit, and also have beareth fruit, underlined. He purged it, that it may bring forth, underline this, more fruit. So you have beareth not fruit, underlined. Beareth fruit, underline, and then more fruit, underline. Drop down to verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth, underline this, much fruit. So you've gone for beareth not fruit, to beareth fruit, to more fruit, to much fruit. Then take a look at verse 8. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear fruit much fruit, underline that, that you bear much fruit, so shall you be called my disciples. Now underline the word disciples. A disciple is a disciplined one. You cannot be a disciple if you're not disciplined. And it takes discipline to take the gospel out week after week after week after week and talk to people about how to be saved. It takes discipline. Uh, It gets hot here in Florida, doesn't it? Well, it gets hot in Texas, too, I'm telling you. And uh, you, you it'll get to, uh, 102, 103, and humid and hot and so on. And uh, you, you, have, you have to be a disciplined one in order to go out in that hot weather to get that gospel out to people that are headed for hell. And so he said, Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. Now going on to verse 16. In verse 16, I have not chosen... Uh, ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained that ye should go and bring forth fruit. Now, underline this and that your fruit should remain. So, we started out with beareth not fruit. We went to beareth fruit. We went to more fruit. We went to much fruit. And then we found out that's how you become a disciple or a disciplined person. All right? I went, so I, I passed, I went, so only 15 hours a week. By Saturday night, I had five people lined up to walk the aisle on Sunday morning. And I'd go by. Out of the five, two would come. You know how it is. And they'd come. And one would get baptized. But I found out that if I kept doing the same thing week after week after week after week, then I'd get the same results week after week after week after week. And uh, so uh, when I got to the point, well, i tell you, it it was such a blessing. I called it loading the wagon. I lead people to Christ. I put their names in my New Testament. Write them down. They're all potential. All potential. Well, if they don't come this week, maybe they'll come next week. If they don't come the next week, maybe they'll come the week after that. But you do that on a consistent basis, you're disciplined. But you're not disciplined if you're do- You cannot be a disciple if you don't bear fruit. Then he said, verse, uh, verse 16, that shall go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain. So the, here's the pattern. First of all, we go. we got to go. You got that? First, there's no fruit. Second, there's fruit. Third, there's more fruit. Four, there's much fruit. Five, there's fruit that remains. Uh, Tracy, I want to use you now. Come on up here. All right, hurry. Hurry, hurry. Boy, you're slow. You know that? (laughs) Getting old. Getting old. Stand right here. Stand right here and face this way. Alright? Now, here is fruit that remains. Brother Hiles said that he had a thousand preacher boys serving somewhere uh, around the globe, graduated from Hiles Edison College. I don't know how many, uh, we have over 400 out of Texas Baptist College, but I'm just telling you, that's what it's all about. At the end of the day, we want to make sure we got fruit that remains. Well, here's a man saved, born again, and God has called him. Now he's in full-time service for God. And he's fru- and that's fruit that remains. All right? Now, here is uh, a church member, okay? And this church member, the pastor says, you know what? Let's go soul winning on Saturday. So he puts together the Great Commission for the church, and he decides what's the best time for you to go as a church. But there's also a, a commandment. Personally, you're supposed to win souls on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Do it all the time. It ought to be just second nature to you. Now, that's, doing, that's obeying the commandment. The commission is when the pastor organizes you to take the gospel to this city in an organized passion, uh, uh, with, with passion and a pattern. All right? Now, here, let's say the pastor says, you know, Saturday morning is the time that I think is best for us to go. I'm just making this up. Time, maybe Thursday night. Maybe Monday night. I, I don't know. But every church is different. So, let's say the pastor says Saturday. So, you remember this church, right? It's Saturday morning, and look at him. He's sitting home. He's sitting home and watching Daffy Duck and Porky Pig. He's got a college degree, but the only thing he said, that's all, folks. But uh, now, what do we want? We want fruit that remains. How are we going to get to that point where we have another Lee Robertson or another Jack Hiles or another Carl Hatch or another Greg Neal? How are we going to get to that point? Well, we're going to have to start here. We're going to have to get you off your blessed assurance and get you out here talking to people about how to be saved and tell them how to trust Christ. So that's our goal. That's what we want. But here we are sitting home, and now he is disobedient. He is, I'm going to ask you to talk back to me tonight now. He is disobedient in this area of his life. He may be a great husband, are you? Uh, He may be a, do you have children? good uh so, so he, he may be a great husband and and and, and he enjoys the benefits of of uh, his ministry he enjoys the benefits of a, of his uh, uh, marriage and children someday and uh, so here he is now but in the area of soul winning he's not he's not doing very well he is disobedient he may be obedient in other areas of life and by the way if you don't take care of your money you'll end up in bankruptcy If you don't take care of your marriage, you'll end up in divorce court. If you don't take care of your kids and teach them right, you'll end up bailing them out of jail at 3 o'clock in the morning. There's always a consequence to disobedience. Now, the consequence of not taking the gospel out is somebody's going to burn in hell forever. Somebody's going to die that you were supposed to give the gospel to, and they're going to die and go to hell, and all because you decide you want to stay home when it was time to go soul winning. So he is disobedient in this area, and the consequence is somebody's going to burn in hell, all right? But the Bible said go, didn't it? So he decides to go. He shows up. He's going. Now, he is now obedient. He is disobedient, and now he's obedient. You got it? All right? Now, what is he now? He is what? I can't hear He's what? Louder. He's what? Disobedient. Disobedient. And now he is what? Obedient. obedient. Now, what's the difference between the two? So far, he hasn't led anybody to Christ, but he's obedient. Please listen to what I'm about to tell you. The vehicle of obedience will carry you to success in life. If you can learn to be an obedient citizen, an obedient Christian, an obedient husband to your wife, you got that? <laughs> and, uh, 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 oh, I just thought of three jokes, but I can't tell them. All right, here we go. Now, he's supposed to be winning, but he's sitting home. Is he obedient or disobedient? disobedient. 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 He's what? Obedient or disobedient? disobedient. A success or a failure? failure? Failure in this area. Now, he shows up. He is now what? He is obedient. obedient. Now he is a success or a failure? Success. Not because somebody got saved. Don't miss this but because he was obedient. He is on the path, according to John 15, to the point to where we have fruit that remains. We need another Jack Hiles. We need another Bob Jones. We need another Lester Roloff. We need another Lee Robertson. We've got to have men of God. We must have men of God. And that means we've got to go out and do our best to win folks to Christ and get them to church, get them down the aisle, get them back. For 29 years, every Sunday, God allowed me to have a convert down the aisle and in the water Put them in the pew and then preach the devil out of them. That's the way it's supposed to be. Don't get mad at the preacher when he preaches on your sin. You say, well, he did everything but call my name. We'll come back next Sunday night and we'll call your name. You big baby. Not all the babies are in the nursery. I'm looking at some babies tonight. We just don't have pampers big enough for you. All right? He's sitting home on Saturday morning. He obedient or disobedient? Success or a Failure in this area. Now, he may be perfectly fine in every other area, but this area, uh uh-uh, he's a failure. All right? Here he goes. He shows up for soul winning. Is he obedient or disobedient? Success or a failure? Success. Success. Now, write this down. Ezekiel chapter 3 and Ezekiel chapter 33. And I'm going to give you a key word out of those two chapters. Ezekiel chapter 3 and chapter 33. You don't have to turn to it. Now, I'll look it up later. But I want you to write the word down this, the word warn. In both of those chapters, God says you'll have bloody hands if you do not warn the people. If you don't warn the people. He never said anything in those chapters about winning anybody. He said I, you'll have bloody hands if you do not warn them. You don't save anybody. Jesus does the saving. Now, in our text verse, it said, Go into all the world preach the gospel to every creature. Show me where it says in there, win anybody. It doesn't. But it says, we understandably, so we've got to start somewhere. So we preach the gospel to them. Let the Holy Ghost of God do His work on on their hearts and let conviction come, and you'll see salvation decisions. All right? He's sitting home. Obedient or disobedient? Come on, talk to me. Obedient or disobedient? Disobedient. Success or failure? Failure in this area. What's the consequence? Somebody's going to burn in hell. But he shows up for Saturday for soul winning. Obedient or disobedient? Well, the land, aren't you glad that you're sitting down? I thought you would be. Uh, I I knew where I was headed. (laughs) Anyway, uh, a success or a failure? Success because he's what? Going. Now, in Ezekiel 3 and 33, he said that we are to warn the people. I've heard sermons my whole life about bloody hands, that you have bloody hands because you don't win people to Christ. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says you have bloody hands if you don't warn the people. You warn enough people, somebody's going to get saved. You talk to, you've got to be disciplined to do it. You've got to be a disciple to do it. You've got to be willing to stay out and keep knocking on doors and talking to people till you find some. I'm looking for people who want to be saved. I'm looking for people who are under conviction. I'm looking for people who say, I don't want to go to hell. And I promise you, that little lady that walked the aisle Sunday morning was bawling and bawling her eyes out. God bless her. And she got saved. She was thrilled to death about it. And I'm just telling you right now, there are people out there like that young lady that don't want to go to hell, but they need somebody to tell them how to go to heaven when they die. All right? Sit down. Success or failure? Failure. Because he's obedient or disobedient? Disobedient. He shows up. O- obedient or Disobedient. Obedient. Is he a success or a failure? Successful. Well, wait a minute, he hadn't anybody say, but what does it say? Beareth not fruit. So what does he do? Let's take a step. This is where he's headed, but he's got to go through the pain of talking to people and getting no results. You've got to go through the pain. He said here on this path in this chapter that leads to fruit that remains. No fruit. That's the first thing that happens. You go out and knock on doors and come back, and somebody else says, I have three saves," I have four saved. They look at you and say, how many did you have? And you didn't have anybody. And you said to yourself, they'll not do that to me. I just won't show up next week. You missed the whole point of the path. It starts out with you going and going. You know what God's trying to do? God's trying to show you He's in control. Come on, somebody say amen now. God is saying, I want you to know I'm the one that's in control of this. But I need your voice. I need for you to talk to people. I need for you to tell people how to be saved. Tell enough people. And you'll be shocked at the people who get saved after you leave that didn't even want to listen to you. There are people. I, we, one Sunday morning, a guy walked in the back, sat down, and uh, our head usher went over to him and said, uh, Hey, good to see you. What's your name, your name? He said, Who invited you? And he pulled out a track and went like this to Brother Spencer. He said, This invited me. He said, where did you find that? He said, in the restroom at McDonald's on Highway 80. Really? In the, back, in the restroom? Yeah. He said, my mama was a Christian. And she talked to me about me. She said, she died and went to heaven. I just want to know if this is true. Can I know that I'm going to heaven when I die? And Alan led him to Christ back there on the pew in the back. You don't know. You know this seed goes out and goes out. You have, you have no idea of the effect of it. Until we get there. This church has had a powerful effect on this city. Well, it's no time to sit down now. This is the time to keep on going. All right? So, here he is sitting at home. A uh, uh, Success or a failure? Failure. Obedient or disobedient? Disobedient. But he shows up. Obedient or disobedient? Success or failure? Success. Then he goes and 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 he goes and, he goes and, he goes and, he goes and nobody gets saved. We had a lady in our church who who was a, she, she was a premier businesswoman. If she walked into this church tonight, everybody would say, who in the world is that lady? That lady's just, there's something about her. She's different. And she ran several businesses, multimillionaires in the area. She ran their businesses for them. She came to our church and got saved and got baptized. She went soul wedding. Now listen carefully to this. She went soul wedding for nine years without seeing anybody saved. Nine years she was faithful. Every Thursday night she showed up. Every Thursday night. She could sway corporate boards but couldn't talk a nine-year-old into salvation. And then one Thursday night I pulled up under the canopy and here she come running across the parking lot with her high heels in her hands saying, I got me one, I got me one, I got me one. She was so excited. Let me ask you a question. Was she a failure for nine years? No, she wasn't because she was going. She was doing what the Bible said we've got to do. Preach the gospel to every creature. Tell them how to be saved. You know how. You got saved. Tell them what happened to you. Tell them how to be saved. Don't let your neighbor go to hell. Don't let your family members go to hell. Don't let your co workers go to hell. You've got to talk to them about their soul. So we start out with sitting down obedient or disobedient? Louder. Obedient or disobedient? Success or failure? In this area. He shows up, obedient or disobedient, obedient. success or a failure, success. successful. Wait a minute, he hasn't had anybody say? But that's what it says in John fifteen: beareth not fruit. But at least he's going. So he goes and he goes and he goes and he goes. He leads somebody to Christ and comes to church. Preacher, I got me one. And the preacher says, "Are they coming Sunday?" And you look at him and say to yourself, "I really don't care. If it comes You're not. I finally got me somebody. Why can't you? Aren't you ever satisfied?" No, the preachers never satisfied. Never satisfied. Are they coming Sunday? So now you're being tested. Now you're going and seeing people get saved, but you can't get anybody to come to church. So what do you do? Are you going to go back and sit down? Are you going to go back to disobedience? Are you going to go back because you've not seen results? I want you to write two words down. I want you to write down the word responsibility and the word results, and then I want you to circle the word responsibility. You are to be a responsible Christian. You are to be responsible. Don't look to the results. You let God give you these results. And if you keep going enough, you're going to see it happen. I saw it happen. When I retired to the church, we averaged 625 people soul winning every Thursday night. Well, no wonder you could have 75, 100 baptized on a Sunday. We had a lot of people going out. A lot of people. We went, with, we went 129 miles away from our church into cities that, 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 that were reachable for us. And we had people saved. And the people came to church. I'm just telling you, it worked. It worked in heaven and it worked in Longview and it'll work anywhere. We've got to have people that'll go and don't get discouraged because nothing happens. It's you don't lead people to Christ because of personality. You say, Well, I don't have the personality. No, you're disobedient. There's a guy sitting in our choir, we have a 70-voice choir and a 40-piece orchestra. And I've never seen the guy smile in in, in, in 30 years. And yet, a little convert sleeper come across our desk every week or two of people he led to Christ. And, and the guy was a sourpuss. And I said to him one day, I said, man, why do you sing in the choir? He, he, things like this. He said, because I love Jesus. <laughs> I wanted to say, well, tell your face. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, I, and I said, well, why won't you go solo with me? And he said, all right, let's go together. So we went out on Thursday night, and I said, look, you, you stop the first one, I'll stop the second one. So pulled out, he got out, and there was a guy walking uh, near a railroad tracks, and he got out and started, hey, hey, come here, I want to talk to you. We'll ask you a question. The guy stopped and turned around. He's hollering at him. The guy stopped and turned around and said, what is it? He said, I don't think you care. So he starts going to the car. Well, this guy said, care about what? Well, I would just want, no, I don't think you're interested. He starts going to the car. Well, it was like fishing. (laughs) <laughs> the guy kept getting closer and closer and closer. And I, I thought, well, this is strange. And he, the guy got to the car, and, and finally he said, well, look, I'm just wondering if, no, nah, he said, I don't think, it. he got in the car, shut the door. The guy started knocking on the window and said, hey, what was it you wanted to ask me? He said, I just wonder if you're going to hell or going to heaven when you die. He said, I don't know. Can I know? And he led that guy to Christ. We're driving down the road, and I said, do you do this every time? You said it works, doesn't it? <laughs> it has nothing to do with your personality. In fact, I wouldn't give you two cents for you pretty boys. Some of you boys spend more time in front of a mirror than the women do. Come on, somebody say amen. All right, so here we go. It's, 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 it's stiff. Uh, is he obedient or disobedient? Disobedient. Success or failure? Failure in this area. He says, okay, I'm going to go. It's the right thing to do. I'm going to help the pastor reach the city for the gospel. Success or failure? Success. Success. Because he's what? Obedient. But he goes and he goes and he goes and he goes and nobody gets saved. Success or failure? Success. Success. Help me. Success or failure? Success. Success. Because he's going. He's obedient. Don't you look at the results. Satan will use that to trip you up every time. Don't you look at the results. You look at the responsibility. You do what's right to do. Do you know we have boys dying around the world who are not even Christians, but they're dying for America, shedding their blood because of a nation that they love? And yet, you, you know why? It, crazy. They said, well, you fly in the Twin Towers, and you'll have 72 wives on the other side in heaven. Listen, 72 wives is not heaven. <laughs> his 72 mother-in-laws, that's what you got there. Now, crazy, crazy. I wouldn't trust anybody to wore a diaper on their head. Well, you can say, hey, man, I'm leaving town, what do I care? Uh, now, the truth of the matter is, he is a success because he's going. Leave the results up to God. Let God bring the, but you keep going and keep going and keep going and keep, and keep then you'll be a disciple. You'll be a disciplined way. It takes discipline to do it, and you've got to make up your mind. You've only got one life to live. And if you're like me, I got one foot in the grave, another on a banana peel. I, I, I haven't even got enough time to buy a car <laughs> on time. Well, that was really funny. All right. <laughs> now he said, Beareth not fruit, he that uh, taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, and then that, he, that it may bring forth more fruit. So finally, he gets somebody saved. He brings them to church, and they never come back. Never see them again. Success or failure? Success. Because he's what? Obedient. You know, some of you are really Church of Christ. is what you are. Because they don't get baptized in your tank, sit in your pew and quit their smoking guts and dip, and chew and run around, and tithe at your place. You say they didn't get it. What well, doesn't depend on them sitting in your pews There are a lot of people that trust Christ. The Bible says by the skin of their teeth they make it to heaven, just barely make it to heaven. They don't do a flip for God. But thank God they're saved. And don't look at their life and say, well, that guy's not saved because that guy's not living right. Well, i got news for you, Moses didn't live right. David didn't. Somebody said, boy, preacher, you you let murderers come in here. I said, "So, so did God. You let adulterers come in here. Well, so did God. You need to be very careful about your pious pharisaical attitude. Don't ever look down. Don't ever look down on people. Thank God this is a church that cares about the souls of men and women and boys and girls. So how does it start? Sit down. It starts with disobedience. Success or failure? Failure. Louder. What? In this area. So he decides to go. Success or failure? Success. In this area because he's going. He's obedient. All right? Take a step. He goes and he goes and he goes and nobody gets saved. Success or failure? Success. Because he's what? Obedient. Finally, somebody comes and gets baptized, but he can't find them. The, the address is a vacant lot. The guy lied to me. Well, that's what sinners do. They lie, you know. And uh, But wait a minute. Success or failure? Success. Because he's what? Obedient. Then look what it says. He says, bring it forth more fruit. And then in verse 5, he says, much fruit. Then all of a sudden, one day, he leads somebody to Christ, and they come, they get baptized, and they stick, and they stay. And if you're not careful, you you'll not see that happening because you don't know. The secret is go. Amen. The secret's knock on doors and talk to people and lead them to Christ and get them saved. I'm talking to you boys tonight. There is a heaven, there is a hell. This is not a joke. This is for real. Somebody's mama's going to go to hell. Somebody's daddy's going to go to hell. Why, you flippantly live the Christian life. Oh, it's not about you. It's about the Lord Jesus Christ, His death, His burial, His resurrection. You know, I don't think we think about the cross enough. You you think about that that cross. You see, they had a six to eight foot hole they had to drop that cross into it. And they nailed Jesus on that cross, and it took forever to lift that giant cross and scoot it towards the edge of that hole, and then drop it in the hole. And the ripping of the flesh, nakedness, Jesus completely naked in front of the world. What a shame that must have been. And then God the Father had to turn His back on His own Son. Why? Because He bore our sins upon His body. That was the only way He could die. We've got to tell the story. We've got to tell people how to be saved. We must do. Somebody's mama is waiting for you. They may not listen to their own kids, but they'll listen to you. Boys, if you, if you want to come up here and tell me what's funny back there? I don't think a thing I've said is funny yet. You didn't even laugh when I thought it was funny. The truth of the matter is, open your big fat mouth and talk to people about the Savior. Tell them. Tell them God loves them. <laughs> John Rawlins. He was one of my favorite old-timers, old-timers. John Rollins had the church in Cincinnati, Landmark Baptist Temple. And John would he would say, when they come in their cars and park their cars, he said, you you smile at them. Guide them to the auditorium. He said, when I get through preaching, you tell them God loves them. Because when I get done, they'll need to know that God loves them. Anyway, so here it is, Saturday morning. He's sitting home, Uh, a, a success or a failure? In this area. Obedient or disobedient? Disobedient. But he decides to show up and to go. Success or failure? Success. Obedient or disobedient? Obedient. Then he goes and he goes and he goes and he goes and and nothing happens. Success or failure? Success. Because he's what? Obedient. And he goes and he goes and finally somebody comes and gets baptized, but he can't find them again. Success or failure? Success. Because he's what? Obedient. And one day, God bless, one day. Brother Jeff Owens told me, he said, Brother Gray, we did a, a, uh, a survey at Hiles Anderson College to who had the most uh, preacher boys there. He said, Brother Gray, I want you to know you had a 100 preacher boys at Hiles Anderson College that surrendered to preach in your meetings around the country. Well, that was a blessing. That was a blessing to hear that. Now, I'm just simply saying this is what we want. We want another Dr. Andy Bloom, we want another Dr. Greg Neal. We want another Jack Hiles, another Lee Robertson. That's what we want. We want fruit that remains. But this path, whatever you do, when you come in this way, somebody's been going, back, going back to sit down, and they're going to try to talk you out of going that way. Hey, buddy, it doesn't work. Go back home. And they'll try to discourage you. Don't listen to them. Go into all the world and preach the what? Gospel. What's the gospel? It's the death, burial, and resurrection. Tell them how to be saved. If they don't get saved, you did right. There's a responsibility that you have to tell them, and you told them. I, I love young converts. There's, there's, you have more fun with young converts than, than anything. I had a big old uh, oil rig worker, got saved, came to church, got baptized, tried to get him to come on Wednesday night, but I couldn't get him to come. He, oh, he said, just a bunch of kids there on Wednesday night, I, I don't waste my time. I said, you don't know, come see. He came, saw the building was full. He sat there with his jaw open that night, and we had taught a Bible study. And at the back door, I was shaking hands, and he said to me, he said, Man, he said, that was the best blankety-blank sermon I've ever heard. He cursed. Everybody in the foyer froze, and they turned to look at him and see my reaction to him. And I said, Come here, George. I said, You, can't, you don't use language like that. You're saved now. Oh, he said, It's just a bad habit. Just a bad habit. He went to the door, opened the door, started to walk out, stuck his head back in. He said, still, it was a blank of a good sermon. He took off running. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you say, oh, that guy's, uh, you, you know, dogs bark, cats meow, and sinners sin. So don't be shocked if they don't come ready-made Christians. It takes a lot of work. You pick them up. They're like babies. Well, if they was really saved, they'd have been here tonight. Well, all right, why don't you do that next time you have a baby? listen carefully, you have, a, you have a baby, bring it from the hospital, sit it in the crib, and say, hey, kid, supper's at six. If he was hungry, he'd come to the table. Now, wait a minute. These people that got saved are babes in Christ. They, they don't know they're supposed to go to church faithfully. They don't know all that. I had a guy I led to Christ, older man. I led 12 of his family members to Christ and uh, he went solo with me one night. But the Sunday night before he went with me, he walked the aisle with a box of cigars. And he laid the cigars at the, at the altar. And I saw him down there. They had other pe- We had other people there praying and so on. And I walked down there and I thought, what in the world? I picked it up and it was a box of cigars. So I took it to the office and smoked a few. And no, I didn't. And uh, anyway, he went with me on Thursday night. And, we're, and I said, man, what was the cigar thing all about? He said, look, he said, you just don't know how much I love cigars. You just have no idea. And he said, that's the hardest thing I ever did in my life, to give up those cigars. So the first door we knocked on, the guy came to the door, and guess what he had? He had a toga in his mouth. And he just a puffing away. And I looked over here at this convert that had gotten saved, and here's what he was doing. <laughs> we got in the car, and he, I said, he didn't say anything. Was driving, I said, man, what's the matter? He said, I am just thinking, if I get to heaven and find out it's alright to smoke cigars, I'm going to punch you right in a glorified snout. <laughs> Look, don't be surprised these people get saved. They're going to bring some habits in here, some that you've covered up, maybe. But uh, somebody ought to care. And when we do it and do it and do it, we will end up with fruit that remains. And we'll have another Lee Robertson. We've got to have men of God. Our country is dying for men of God. We've got to have men of God. We've got to have them. But somebody's got to win them and get them to church and teach them and get them faithful to Sunday school and let them grow in the Lord to where they'll take the call of God. I, was a, I went to Michigan State University. My goal was to play football. And, uh, and that, was my, that was my goal. I, and I wanted to get a degree and go to pray for the Detroit Lions. And uh, I, don't ask me why. I don't know. I just had it in my head. But then I, I graduated, and I went to work for General Motors for seven years. I went to a sword conference, sat on the front row, and Dr. John Rice and Dr. Jack Hiles were the speakers. Dr. Rice came to the—he was pushing the sword of the Lord, and he came to the—I pul- was sitting on the front row. Dr. Rice came to the pulpit, and he said, uh, uh, how many of you take the sword of the Lord? He was pushing subscriptions. Well, a few hands raised, not very many. And it really bothered him. And he took his glasses off, he chewed on the end of it, and he looked out. And he said, well, he said, how many of you take a newspaper? Every hand went up. Oh, he said, I see. You'd rather read about some Hollywood whore than you would Jesus. Is that right? Is that right? I was sitting on the front row, and I said to the guy that brought me, I said, did he just say whore? He said, yes, and I think he's fixing to say a whole lot more. Let me tell you why you like John Rice, because he's dead. He, he, was a, he spoke his mind. He preached the book straight. We need men of God like John Rice. Bill Rice, Lee Robinson, We've got to have them. Now, how are we going to get them? Not by you sitting on your duff. All right. If five people go soul winning, is it possible to have five saved? I can't hear you. Okay. If 10 go, is it possible to have 10 saved? Possible, right? If 15 go, is it possible to have 15 saved? Well, it looks to me like the more people that go, the more people have the opportunity to get saved. Is that right? Well, we need you here. Listen, I'd rather have somebody just got saved smoking a cigar than you people that have been saved for 30 years and don't smoke, don't cuss, don't dip, you don't do nothing. I'd rather have a young convert. I knocked on a trailer door one Thursday night, and this couple I had, I had an appointment with him, and I had a, a Greek. He was a Greek uh, convert, he got saved and broken English. and uh, he got saved, wife got saved, two little beautiful little girls got saved. And so we knocked on this trailer at 740 on Thursday night. The guy came to the door. I had, I had an appointment with him. I went in, and I told the, the guy who was with me, young convert, just got saved. I said, you sit in a chair on the other side of the room, and you watch, and you'll learn. He said, okay. He said, what do I do when I'm over there? I said, you pray. So he's sitting over there. He's, he's praying. And so I opened up my Bible, and I went through everything. And I got down to the point. I, I said, let's, let's bow our heads. I want to pray for you. And I started praying. Well, I felt somebody on my back, and and I, I, I in the middle of prayer, and I looked up, and here he was standing right over me, eyes as big as saucers, looking at me, praying with them, and I went like that to get him back, and he stepped back, and then as I was getting down to the sinner's prayer, I smelled smoke. It was a house trailer. And I just remembered reading a U.S. News and World Report that said house trailers, because of the, the way they're made, uh, if they catch on fire in five minutes, it's gone. It's just going to burn up just like that. That's all I was thinking was, these people are going to die and go to hell before I get this problem. What Where is that smoke coming from? And I looked up, and here he was with a cigarette in his mouth, just a part away, Where's horses? That, and I was that big, looking down at, at me, and I I looked at him. Like you ever had your kids somewhere, and they were acting up, and you looked across the room, and you went, "I'm gonna kill you when I get you home." Uh, I looked at him, went like that, and he went like he was, act like an usher, and he went like, "What am I doing wrong?" <laughs> so we got out front, and I looked up at him, and I said, "Man, what were you doing in there?" I said, Trying to, I, you're, you're supposed to be a member of our church, and you're in there smoking a cigarette while I'm, in fact, he put it out in an ashtray just in front of the folks. I said, what were you doing? He said, when I get nervous, I have to have a smoke. I said, what were you nervous about? He said, I thought you was going to lose them. I didn't think they was going to get saved, and I got worried for you. He said, next thing I know, I lit up. <laughs> One Sunday night at First Baptist Church Hammond, we were, we were sitting on a Sunday night, and there was a woman sitting on the second row down here. Brother Howells was breathing fire. And he was preaching. And it was like she had gone to a movie. It was like she was watching a a play. Her mouth was open, and she was looking up at Brother Hiles, just preaching up a storm. And she started reaching over for a purse, she popped open her purse, and she reached in and got a pack of cigarettes out, and she pounded them like that. And by then, everybody in the, in, the, in the balcony was saying, look at her, look at her, look at her. And I looked at Brother Vineyard sitting on the platform, and he was, he was staring right at her and packed it, packed it down. And she put that cigarette in her mouth and got ready to light it. And the lady next to her saw her hit her like that. So we had our bus meeting after that. I said, Brother Vineyard, what were you thinking? And he was saying, I was saying, light it, lady, light it, lady, light it. <laughs> Oh, they're Christians, they're saved, their soul is saved, but they've got so much to learn. Be patient with them and stay after them because that will be where your fruit remains. We've got to reach people with the gospel. I'm going to tell you in the Old Testament, and I'm through with this, the Old Testament, when people died, God said, Mark their death to the nearest city. And that city is responsible for that man's blood people who die in Ocala and go to hell. God's marking to the nearest Bible-believing church and saying, you're responsible. You're responsible. You say, well, I'm old. I can't hardly get around. We had, a, she's in heaven now, but we had what we call the Geritol crowd at our church and a bunch of little old ladies. And this, this little old lady, she would walk with a walker at church, but she had a Ford Taurus, and she'd fill it up with other little old ladies. And she would text me every week and say, Preacher, we had something like it. We had five saved. How many did you have? I hate a spiritual woman. Uh, and, and, but she, she'd, she'd get people say, Oh, we'd have big soul winning campaigns. And they, they'd get two or three vans loaded of those elderly people. And they'd go out and they would stay out there and they'd talk to people and lead people to Christ and have their conference back. It was amazing. It was amazing. Hey, don't say I'm too old. I can't do it. Yes, you can. Amen. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. If you're saved on your way to heaven, people are depending upon you to tell them the gospel story, Amen. especially in this COVID nineteen time that we're in. I can on a plane talk to people. They're scared to death. They got masks all <laughs> like, like this. And I, uh, are you in there? Uh, and and I feel like I'm in school again because the stewardess walked by. Raise that mask. Get it over your nose. Get it over your nose. Uh, uh, Now, I'm just saying to you, they're scared. There are people in this town that are scared. And you've got to get the gospel to them. The death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Now, when you do this and you do these phases and you don't see any results, keep going. Just keep on going. Just keep on going. I've told you about my grandson, R.G., He's 30 years of age. He's got a lot of problems. A lot of problems. But he uh, he has the mind of a child. But he smiles all the time. He, he is the happiest kid I've ever seen in my life with all the problems he's got. He's a, he's a happy young'un. And I love going sobering with him. Because he just he, he's in a wheelchair now, but but uh, I, I love it. I love it. He is so innocent. And I wish I had the spirit <laughs> that my grandson has. He it just, I love, I love kids. I love uh, bus kids, especially. We had 40 bus routes. I love bus kids. I was in North Carolina, and on Sunday morning, the pastor said, we've got a brand new route this morning. They're all going to sit around the second row. He said, so don't be surprised if they don't act up, they don't know how to believe, behave in church. So I'm sitting on the front, this one kid walks around, walks up to me, and he said, can I ask you a question? I don't know this kid. I said, sure you can. Are you Donald Trump? <laughs> we were just sitting back here talking, and we think you're Donald Trump. I said, son, I'm not I'm not Donald Trump. Are you sure you're not Donald Trump? I said, I'm sure I'm not Donald Trump. Two, Monday night, they, the bus came back again. Row. They're back there buzzing around. Kid, same kid walked up to me. He said, I'm going to ask you one more time. Are you Donald Trump? And I looked down and said, Yes, I'm Donald Trump. <laughs> he said, I thought so. You didn't fool me. But he had a caliph kiss. Now, somewhere in here, you need to get your youth back. Somewhere in here, you need to get your excitement back again about winning souls. When's the last time you led somebody to Christ? This city's dependent upon you. Don't let this church die, don't let this city die. You make sure you take the gospel out, and you watch God do a miraculous day. I'm going to show you this. I can't show them this, but I'm going to show you this. This is a picture of our Thursday night soul winning crowd. That is not a church service. That's a soul winning crowd. Our people were so excited about it that, and again, I'll tell you, the more people that go, the more opportunity you have of leading somebody to Christ. Let's stand our heads up.